to The Off Five, a podcast where two new friends need to talk about The Office. I'm Addie. I'm Nathan. And here we are. We're talking about The Office. Episode number two, Diversity Day. It came out on March 29th in 2005. 2005. Wow. Bush was president. Bush era. It's weird to say I miss him. Miss you, big guy. <laughs> He's off wish to bigger were, and better things. I wish you were causing a housing crisis right now. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> we need to buy a house. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it would be better than the struggles that we're facing right now. Sure. Um, but yeah, on that note, Diversity Day. So, here's the description from Wikipedia, which I believe will answer most of your questions, if you have any. Diversity Day is the second episode of the first season of the American comedy television series, The Office. And the show's second episode overall, written by B.J. Novak and directed by Ken Quapis. It first aired in the United States on March 29, 2005 on NBC. The episode guest stars Office consulting producer Larry Wilmore as Mr. Brown, although I'm not going to call him that. (laughs) In this episode, Michael's controversial imitation of a Chris Rock routine forces his staff to undergo a racial diversity seminar. A consultant arrives to teach the staff about tolerance and diversity, but Michael insists on imparting his own knowledge, aggravating both the consultant and the entire office staff and creates his own diversity seminar. He eventually assigns each staff member an index card with a different race on it, causing tempers to slowly simmer until they finally stop. Meanwhile, Jim struggles to keep hold of a lucrative contract extension, but Dwight makes the sale for himself. Great episode description. Yeah, that was very thorough. I don't. I think our job here is done. What did you think of the episode description? The episode description <laughs> from Wikipedia? I. It's a trusted source. So comparing it to the first episode where nothing happened, it did a good job. Showing that things happen. Yeah, a lot of things happen. They really just went into it for the second episode. I was surprised. The second episode of the entire series, there's a lot of controversial things going on. It, it gets pretty intense. In a way, it's kind of the first episode because it's the first one written by the team, our team. Yeah, and the shark. The characters really get their their feet on the ground in this episode, I feel like. They sure do. Let's go into the first segment about stuff we like called the Finer Things Club. What are some things you really like about this episode? I really like how Jim and Dwight's relationship is kind of started to build. You know, you can see how there's some conflict going on between them. Um, I like uh, Michael's face. He makes some hilarious facial expressions in this episode that kind of make it. His face when Kevin's trying to do the Chris Rock routine. (laughs) <laughs> his panic. And then when he realizes that the whole diversity training is because of him, his face is just, oh man, it's so funny. That's the kind of stuff that like Steve Carell right off the bat is so funny in that way. Yeah. Some other things, Michael's office, there's a Scranton map and a Scranton Times newspaper. And then behind him oh. is an employee of the month plaque. He must have gotten back when he was employee of the month. Oh. And it was a plaque, not just a certificate. Yeah, he got it in lieu of a pay raise. So way in the future, Andy tries to introduce... Diversity training? uh, Employee of the month. Oh. And they don't have one. And then Michael wants to get... What happens? (laughs) Oh, Michael and him are co-managers at that point. Or is it Jim who introduces employee of the month? And then all of a sudden, Pam gets it. And then... Dwight rigs it so that 
um, then Jim gets it, sure. and then I think that... So I guess it was Dwight's idea, but he told Andy to tell Jim. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a the setup, whole... I tells you. <laughs> so that, is that foreshadowing? In the second episode, we... That's... Well, I guess Employee of the Month... Oh, by the way, what? about Employee of the Month, do you know who was Employee of the Month for December? The first Employee of the Month at Backcountry Deli? Uh... One of your coworkers? No, no, me. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> congratulations! Yeah, and I was supposed to get a fifty dollar gift card, and then when it came time, it was only twenty five dollars. Oh, did you get a fine work for all your fine work? No, I just got a haircut. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> employee of the month is one of those things that kind of comes and goes, like Casual yeah. Friday. Yeah, it's true. There's references them to used to having them, and then they have them periodically in the future. Yeah. (laughs) But apparently at one point they had Employee of the Month, and it was back when Ed Truck was the manager. Oh, Ed Truck, the one who got decapitated, or is going to get decapitated? We know that, but he doesn't know that. Oh my god. I can't wait to tell him. Ed Truck, don't (laughs) drive on the highway. (laughs) Don't. He's killed by a truck. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the irony, I can't handle it. <laughs> no, it's like steel. One of the things I noticed was that guy in the office who just never reappears. Yeah, he just has a reaction shot. Yeah. And then he's gone. He's like kind of in the background. That's true. A lot of the employees are missing, the ones that were there last time, but they still are open to just having people in the background. Yeah. And new people, including Kelly, who's a new person. I would love to be one of those people that was just like in the background of episode two of the office imagine if they always had a few people in the background for the whole series and then that was something if they're running low on funding or something raffle off a background spot in the office (laughs) yeah and if you're lucky you might get like character development throughout the show or someone who really likes it could do a quick cameo yeah and that's kind of what happens with some of the writers like oh did I just say writers? Like writing in production? Like Great Scott Productions? Oh, yeah. Our segment, Great Scott Productions, about the writing and production of The Office. Exactly. Well, so some of the writers just ended up being in the show. Yeah. Kelly, Mindy Kaling. BJ Novak was obviously written right in, but BJ Novak was a great writer. And then the guy, who, Mr. Brown, who did the seminar, he yep. was also a writer. He's a writer. And who was the other one? Oh, it was uh, Toby. Oh, Toby. Paul Toby, Liebertson. Toby. Yeah. So this is the type of show where the writers are on set anyway to like do fixes. So to just have them in the cast is really good. And I think that they really got the spirit of the show so well. That yeah. They don't even need to be good actors. They just yeah. need to have that dejected yeah. kind of beat down, mm-hmm. which they all have. Especially Toby. Yeah. Poor Toby, it's his first time getting kicked out of a meeting. <laughs> not the last. <laughs> no, definitely not the last. So, yeah, BJ Novak wrote this one. He's not in this episode too much, but he wrote it. He wrote a great book called One More Thing, and he wrote some kids' books, too. Oh, really? He wrote a book called A Book Without Pictures. Did he change his pen name? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you think it's inappropriate to give kids a book by BJ? Yes! You don't? You don't let me finish. Novak? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, anyway. 
One of my favorite things to notice is Mr. Brown's diversity today, and then Michael makes diversity tomorrow. Because today right away, is almost over. yeah, it's literally the day is getting close to ending. While he makes it, and he's just trying to one up him, but he actually does it backwards. Um, <laughs> my favorite line where he says, "But don't take my word for it," and then let's listen to the tape, and then he puts it on, and it's him that he recorded an hour earlier. <laughs> And then the only quote in it is from Abraham Lincoln. If you try to mess with me, I'm going to try to attack you from the north. <laughs> if you're a racist. If you're a racist, I'll attack you with the north. And uh, those are the principles I live by. <laughs> Questions? Comments? And then I also like, I have a dream that you will really let the sparks fly. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get her done. I was surprised to hear that. I was like, oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. Get her Coming done. back at you from 2005. I think I'm going to start saying that more. Get her done. Get her done. Oh, and the old printer paper for Diversity Day Take Two on the yeah, wall. Yeah, oh, that that was classic. Those were good printers for making banners. Yeah. Look at oh, the banner. ones that are like um, connected. Yeah. I remember those. And, and you have then to you kind have of to, like, fold it. And... Yeah, and you have to like take the um, little holes off the side too. Yeah, they didn't in this case, because I think they just wanted you to know how old the printer was. <laughs> but I remember those. Those printers were funny because they looked like they were going to be really fast based on their sound and stuff, but then they're so slow still. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Just doing one line at a time. <laughs> okay, so for our next segment, we're going to look at the way in which the show is like or not like a documentary in a segment called, I've got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. Yeah. What did you notice for this one? Well, I was thinking about Michael making the film mm-hmm. uh, for his version of Diversity Day Take Two and having Dwight be the cameraman and then just like totally calling him out and saying that the camera work wasn't very good when in fact it was it had nothing to do with camera work. But as far as like documentary, it seemed less like a documentary, I think, than the first episode, but still seemed kind of it had those kind of like cut back and forth like between characters yeah um, the camera's still moving around from person yeah. to person not not mm-hmm. as many uh yeah like cuts or anything and one thing i noticed is a lot of good shots of people behind things like yeah jim and pam when they're having the little conversation about uh oh, free yeah. cell that that there's like binders and stuff right in front so they wouldn't be knowing that they were being filmed right then and yeah. if so they probably would change their tone a little bit yeah and it's interesting to see how they use the characters and they're they seem so comfortable being on camera already Mm -hmm. even though it's only like the i don't know what do you think the timeline is between episodes like as far as within the documentary Hmm, i don't know yeah do you think that the documentary is there every day or maybe they just come in once a week or or like jim texts the documentary here and is like today's gonna be a crazy day but are coming and film this because yeah. i mean like oh yeah that would kind of explain why each episode has something going on yeah because like you know you don't have diversity day every day and then you don't have like an event every day i wish we did i know every day should be diversity <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah that's a good point so maybe they're not there every day or maybe they threw out the first month of filming so they could get they used it to down. it. There was no film in those cameras the oh. first month. <laughs> They're just standing around. <laughs> yeah, so that the people could get used to it and you could see their true colors. Well, you know, they definitely have to have a relationship with the um, the filmmakers because they do the interviews. So yeah, they probably got pretty comfortable with them right away. 
Yeah, they have to be ready to go when they say, uh, uh, Jim, can I get you in here so we could yeah. record a little thing about, about, you know, the end of the day? The thing that just happened with, with, where with, Pam just like fell asleep on your shoulder? Yeah, would you like to get your thoughts on that? Jim's like, I gotta go home. Nah. He's like, I didn't get my... You no, guys, he... I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, you. yeah, he'd be like, oh, okay, I'll tell you about it. You're not gonna show this documentary to Roy, are you? Yeah. <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> so now let's look at the characters in do a segment th- called... Do you think the world is crawling with phalluses? <laughs> I'm sorry, phalluses? <laughs> so, Ryan doesn't do a lot this episode, but he's really comfortable. He's already downloading Jafel's show onto Pam's computer. <laughs> yeah, and is he? he's a temp, right? Yeah. What is he doing? I don't know. Well, I mean, we already know that Michael likes him a lot, right? He got kicked out of Diversity Day in, in a deleted scene. Because he was like just sitting at one point he's sitting behind jim and i was like why is ryan back there just sitting on the couch yeah so that was his deleted scene huh yeah Hmm. according to bj novak on the commentary there was a whole plot for ryan and that got cut out so instead ryan's just lurking around the office in all those shots (laughs) and he thought it kind of got lost i think i mean i don't think you'd notice that unless you were like nerding out like us but yeah maybe so we watched the episode with the commentary and watched the deleted scenes. I don't know if we're going to do that all the time, because that's not what we love about The Office. No. We're just, you know, we've seen... I've definitely watched the outtakes and stuff a lot. But, yeah, but that commentary was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Especially for this one. And it helps you to notice things. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I thought um, Rain Wilson was really funny in the commentary. He's kind of just, like, messing with people. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> Deadpan. So, Kelly knew a character in this episode. As you said, she's just a writer on the show, but now they need a character to be there for Diversity Day, and one that would be amusing to slap Michael. Yeah. there's Kelly. Yeah, and this is maybe Mindy Kaling's big break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But in this episode, she's kind of different. She's all buttoned up and serious. Yeah, she is. She doesn't seem... She doesn't seem like Kelly. No. She doesn't have that celebrity-crazed, bubbly personality yet. Or Ryan-crazed personality. She didn't even look at Ryan. I know. That's coming later. Don't worry. Don't worry. I wasn't worried. Although she gets a little bit creeped out by Dwight pointing out that he's sexually attracted to white and Indian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, about that, the whole... The whole episode is just like extremely uncomfortable. And with our perspective that we have now, what is it, 12 years later? Mm-hmm. How do you think this relates to the time? Um, it's hard to tell because Michael's so bad at diversity anyway. And Dwight's bad at diversity. And everyone else basically doesn't talk mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess some people are insensitive during the activity where they're being actively encouraged to be divisive mm-hmm. but you can only partially blame them for that it's about yeah. how much they're willing to bend the rules to like yeah. to get out of the activity but that is the activity which is their boss's fault yeah and michael though he thinks that he's being culturally sensitive i mean he you know asks oscar what is there a better way to say mexican that's less right. offensive. So he's like, he's so close to getting it. He's reaching out. He, Yeah, he's trying so hard. And that's the thing that I think like always sticks with me about Michael is that he's 
like he's he's trying he just doesn't know how and he's actually doing what people always say about any sort of marginalized group that you should just talk to them yeah but, but he can't help but bring his baggage in. Yeah, and he's coming from such a place of privilege, I think, that he just can't see beyond any barrier. It's like the question he's asking has already blocked it out. Yeah. His, his question is, is there something I could call you other than Mexican? And then he has to keep going. Something yeah. less offensive. And he's like, well, it's not offensive. He's like, well, it has certain connotations. So like, yeah. if he had just stopped it, is there something I should call you other than Mexican? Then he would say no, and he'd be like, oh, got it. Okay. Great. Maybe the listening part is what he's missing. And that's like part of the humor. Yeah. Is if your brain is going there. You say, somebody can call you Mex- other than Mexican, you'd be like, oh, Latino or Hispanic, yeah. you know. And then, but that's not where he was going. He Or maybe he was going there, but just in the worst way. Yeah. He he doesn't know where he's going. Sometimes he starts a sentence. He has no <laughs> idea where it's going to end up. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other things about Michael? He... He's trying to impress everyone with his diversity. Yeah, he's totally taking credit for the whole thing. He, he walks out at the same time as Mr. Brown to show that he talks to their Mexican coworker, And then yeah. he acts like he doesn't know his last name because he doesn't want it to be revealed oh, that he knew name. that he was first Martinez yeah. or that he was better friends with him. Yeah. It's kind of unclear. His need to be the center of attention is on full display, as I mentioned, when he is just in internal agony of kevin trying to do the chris rock bit and you know there's two kinds of black people and the one kind is actually more racist because they don't like the other kind and he's just getting so upset yeah and he tries to run the meeting like it's his own and mr brown is really actually good at conflict resolution where he's like okay i'm gonna need you to actually just sit down for this part yeah what he does which is a really good technique is asking you know, I, I i'd like to ask for your permission to run the meeting yeah and that is a good technique if you say could i give you some advice and then if they say yes they've already kind of been complicit in it but it's it's weird because the implication every time you ask a question like that is you have to answer yes yeah you'd be but if you answer no then you have to kind of cop to what you're already doing and therefore admit that it's not okay that's good it's a good it's a good yeah. trick yeah that is good. We learned something from Mr. Brown. And you can tell he's good at running a meeting like this because Michael keeps stealing the way he's saying his lines. Like He says, we're going to celebrate. And he's like, yeah, celebrate diversity. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate good time. Yeah, what is a hero to you? Yeah. And he says, here's what we're going to do. And then Michael says, okay, here's what we're going to do <laughs> right yeah. after him. Oh, Michael. We found out Michael's race. He's a virtual United Nations of races, English, Irish, German, and Scottish, Scottish. and also 215th Native American. Oh my god, that part, I was like, there are certain parts that every time I watch it, it gets more and more painful. Yeah. It's just... Well, it's painful for Michael to talk about that because of the suffering. <laughs> Speaking of suffering, when he brings up the Olympics of suffering with slavery versus the Holocaust. Oh my god. That's him at his worst. He doesn't really seem to know what a race is because he's got Jamaican and, you know. Yeah. What else does he have? Asian, which is like a whole continent, but then he's got Italian. <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> Jewish. Jewish, which is like a culture, and Italian, which is a country. And then Martin Luther King Jr. for himself. <laughs> which is. <laughs> oh, God. Mind blowing. Michael. But one thing I wanted to point out is that Michael does learn something in this episode. It's really subtle. 
which is the beginning of the episode and before the episode, he is completely down to do the Chris Rock bit. And he thinks he can do it just the same. And he thinks that the reason he's not allowed to is because he's he's white. white and that that's racist. But later on, he brings up that Chris Rock has a bit about Martin Luther King Jr., streets oh yeah and he says i won't do it yeah so he i did, did learn that even though he said he didn't learn anything by the end of that training he did know not to do chris rock bits anymore and was it because he didn't he he was realizing he was being racist or was it just because he didn't want to be embarrassed again with another diversity day <laughs> who knows but it doesn't matter same yeah same, same thing yeah. same thing <laughs> it's good either way good job mr brown he did it and then just like his out of touchness with race relations like when he says he makes his pretty funny joke about colored greens then colored greens and then he says no you can't you don't call them colored people that's offensive and you're like no actually colored of people is oh offensive. my god you don't know that. poor stanley he's just like oh my god and that is the beginning this sets it up for him and stanley i mean he's in rare form all right what other characters are developing during this Ooh. this is a segment we like to call you're developing characters uh Jim and Pam. Yeah. Oh, are we talking about just individual characters? Um, sure. Whatever. Why Kevin? Kevin? Oh, yeah. Kevin. He does his really slow Chris Rock bit. Michael calls him a great guy and a great accountant, but not a great entertainer. Later on, he's not a great accountant either. <laughs> no. I know. He just loses it as it goes on. He's, uh, he's still kind of based on Big Keith at this part from the british one just oh. like a really funny guy that's not dumb but just says things really slowly and kind of you kind of can't predict where it's going because of how little momentum his sentences get <laughs> but that's where the humor comes from yeah i mean poor kevin too. but kevin i want to give him credit he does take that chris rock bit and make it not offensive and i looked up that chris rock bit after our episode that's no, you have to change pretty much every word to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've seen that Chris Rock bit, because I am not a big fan of Chris Rock, so um, I don't think I would watch it. I guess I'm not either, but I did watch it. I found it on YouTube. It's from Bring the Pain. Is it funny? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm See, the target the audience. Yeah. It's, it's like I not just... really a joke for white people at all. Like not yeah. even as audience members, I don't think. Yeah. They definitely chose the most offensive thing for Michael to do. Yeah. He drops so many N-bombs. I thought that was, like, he put it in there kind of as a punctuation. That is the bit. Oh, my God. And so if you knew that already, you'd already be laughing hearing that he had tried to do it. Or that he was going to do it. Or that someone else was going to need to do it now. And then he does it in the training. Yeah. He doesn't do it that well, actually. From the training, I always assumed he was perfectly matching his cadence because that's what he says and i don't know why i believed michael <laughs> that, that was a terrible oh, idea yeah that's but your mistake number one he really doesn't do it that well he's everything is different about it the inflection mm-hmm. he's just doing chris rock-esque inflections during the joke but he's not doing the same ones that were done during the joke it's like it's not this you know what i mean where he's like every time yeah. that's not how we, chris rock said that part so um <laughs> And they have to, when you have to get bleeped out during diversity day training, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in big trouble. <laughs> don't sign the paper Daffy Duck. Just don't do it. Just, just sign it. Just sign just it and sign learn it. something. Yeah. You monster. Okay. What do we learn about Dwight this episode? He 
well, we know he loves Michael. And he also isn't scared to steal a client, one of the biggest clients from Jim. Right. So this conflict, this is Dwight's fault. Because, you know, they would have made the sale at the very beginning of the episode if Dwight hadn't been shredding paper. And he said he should have done it weeks ago, which means he doesn't need to do it now. Even though he says that has more justification for what needs to be done right now. He doesn't need to do it at his desk at all. Well, I I was surprised because I... I don't know why I've never noticed this, but they sit super close together all day. Really close. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I was thinking, why would they put Jim and Dwight right next to each other when they know that the most drama comes from right there? I like to think that Dwight gets to sit wherever he wants because he's a top salesman. And Jim cannot sit anywhere where he's not so close to and looking at Pam. And he would be willing to put up with Dwight the whole time just for that. And why would Dwight want to sit there? Because he's close to Michael? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Maybe he just likes... <laughs> but yeah, maybe keeping an eye on D- Michael. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. So you would think that Dwight's respect for the company and the art of selling would prevent him from doing that. But turning off the shredder is not the same thing as hanging up on the client. So do you think that he did that on purpose so that he could get the sale? No. No. I yeah, think... I don't think so either. It's it's weird, though, because he ends up getting it because I guess he's just better at... He gave him a discount. Yeah. I mean, he answered the phone at some point when Jim couldn't. Well, just before we move on to Jim, Dwight brings up his geek cred by giving all of his superhero explanations. Oh, yeah. That's pretty funny. And he said he helps Michael make the video and gets blamed for it, which is Classic. very much their relationship. Yeah. And he's, like, taking notes about Michael's heritage. <laughs> And that look that he gives Michael, just nodding and smiling, is so cute. And he's really objective about things that are kind of offensive, like saying that other races are intolerant of gays, therefore it's a paradox. (laughs) You can't, we can't uh, celebrate both at the same time. And we'll see later on to the extent to which Dwight does not know about gay people. Yeah, and I love when he says... A lot of races eat rice. You're not helping me. Oh, yeah. So funny. Yeah, he's very factual. Yeah. It's kind of setting that up. And he has one of the best lines in the whole show, the whole episode, which is, there's a hero inside all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Pam says, uh, based on stereotypes that are not at all true, I might be a bad driver. And he's like, oh, man, am I a woman? (laughs) oh man i don't know why this is so funny (laughs) yeah that's the problem with that type of activity (laughs) yeah exactly the everything is the problem with that type of activity so let's just go back to this whole thing for a second the problem with this where he says if you're wearing that card and then people are being mean to you based on your race which is forcing them to actually say those things that you will not judge them even though you would in real life. And that also you will feel those things the same way as a person that actually is those things. That's not how that works. No, if you're a tall all. person and someone comes up to you and tells you you're short, you're not going to be like, that's the inadequacy short people feel. Like, you yeah. know that you're tall. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to get the, the it impact. No it hasn't affected your life at all. It no. doesn't have anything to do with your culture <laughs> It's, it's just it's, it's doing just the opposite. It's it's reinforcing the stereotypes. Exactly. Michael. It's maybe an activity that could make sense if you thought of it really quickly halfway through the day. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably what happened. Probably. So Toby makes a very uncharacteristically insensitive joke about Indian style, which I'm not even sure if he meant as, if he just meant like, are we going to all... He, I think he was more making fun of the meeting. Right. Being that's what called. it seems like. I don't think it was about um, like the culture. Yeah. I don't know. But Michael has no tolerance for that. No. Michael is very diverse positive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but anyway, they get to set up right away that Michael hates Toby. And we don't that. see Toby for the Even though he's the HR yeah. guy, we and, don't see him for the rest of the episode. That's <laughs> for <her>. diversity training. <laughs> and he gets a great face in. Yeah. It's like, oh, so sorry. And then getting told to leave. And he's basically makes the face that he will make as Toby for the next <laughs> nine seasons. Oh, it is all khaki. That face. Yeah. Oh, Toby. So we got no Roy, no Jan. Creed doesn't talk. Angela doesn't do anything interesting. Stanley makes some faces. And no Todd Packer. So that's it. We're closing the book on characters. Except for Jim. Jim. I don't know if you remember this, but I gave Jim the Dundee last time. I remember. Yeah. I wouldn't give it to him this time. Okay. Spoiler alert. But I had to say it because we're talking about Jim. Yeah. So Jim in this one, he's... It's hard to tell. Like, he's got this big client. He's taking some pride in his work, but he's also not doing his work that well. I'm going to say right now, Jim should have stood up for his sale and closed it when Michael said go to diversity. Day. Yeah, for real. He could have said... Five minutes. This is a big sale. And Michael didn't work all day, by the way. <laughs> like He he did he the video during did. the middle of the day. He didn't do anything. And he stopped everyone from working all day, which is classic office. But Jim should have stuck up for his sale right then. Yeah, that's 25% of your um, income for the whole year. And this guy, he hangs up on him for no reason. He already hung up on him once. Or Dwight did. But, you know... He's really jerking him around for this huge sale. And if you were giving someone that much money, being one of the most important clients that Dunder Mifflin has, it sounds like he's being pretty chill about it, but you would want to... I don't know. He deserved better. Mr. Decker deserved better. Yeah, it's true. And also, Jim brought alcohol to work. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a half bottle of champagne, or a little mini bottle of champagne, but come on, Jim. You could get in trouble for that. You really could. And then he puts it on Dwight's desk like he... Doesn't think he's going to tell on him. Yeah, he should have just popped Downed it open it, and yeah. <laughs> poured it on Dwight's clothes. <laughs> like, I think yeah, Dwight's been something. drinking. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, does Michael have scotch and Splenda in his office still? Is that still a thing? Are people able to have liquor like when you're a boss? I guess if you're the boss. But it still feels like if someone pointed that out, you'd have to get talked to by HR. I mean, maybe it would be better for everyone if Michael drank scotch all day. No, no, never mind. I, that just went really bad in my mind. I was, oh, what am I thinking? But yeah, I don't know. Um, I was just kind of surprised by that. Yeah. So the biggest thing for Jim is losing 25% of his entire work. But he did get a little shoulder action. And so it was a good day. Yeah. And the way he said that in the interview, um, I was kind of like, eh. That should have been the worst day yeah. of his life. But also... Of his life. <laughs> I don't know. His wor- one of his worst work days, certainly. Yeah. He he just lost so much money. And, yeah. Should we give our Dundies now? Yeah. Go go ahead. You go first. I don't know if you're going to like this. I'm giving it to Jim. Oh, my God. You for copied. For best pillow. He's the best oh. pillow. 
That and actually okay. Yeah, that's You nice. know what? Even though I don't think he should be as excited about that as he is, he was the better man in the Jim and Dwight fight in this case. He did not that's prank true. Dwight. He gave him the champagne and basically said Dwight gave him a discount, therefore he deserves it, even though it was his fault. <laughs> I'm just I'm not able to let it go, but I'm glad Jim is. And yeah, that's true. He you make really, a good point. He really doesn't do anything even really that snarky in this episode. No. He's not piping up a lot during the training, you know? That's true. I don't know. I guess you're changing my mind. I don't know why I come in with a negative attitude about Jim, but I don't know. Just So, best pillow goes to Jim. What's your dundee? Um, mine is going to be the best slap goes to kelly nice yeah because i would have slapped michael in that instance yeah michael builds up to being he's doing insensitive things we were remiss if we didn't mention his huge tirade against kelly when she's not wearing a card on her head just because she is that race and then michael almost starts crying and says now she knows what it's like (laughs) to be a minority like what are you doing dude so yeah best slap the only slap yeah, the only slap. I guess that's the only way that scene could have resolved without someone being fired, fired or reported. How did he not get fired is my question. Yeah. I mean, the slap, I guess, made it... He did learn his lesson. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. He had to. Well, yeah, but we'll see his racism flare up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what I'd like to say is that overall, Michael actually does learn something like he learns a couple things during this episode. He learns that that activity was inappropriate. He learns not to do the Chris Rock bit, as I mentioned. And he does kind of, in his way, learn why you can't use stereotypes at another race. Because they will get upset. Yeah. And he sees it with like a really meek, mild-mannered person slapping him. In a, I guess that's what it took in this case for him to actually get that lesson. That's not how everyone needs to learn that lesson. Yeah. And that's not to say everyone would act that way, but it kind of demonstrated to him really quickly the the extensiveness of what he was doing, how poor he was being this whole episode. So do you think that Michael is has a redeeming qualities in this episode? Um, No. I think he just, <laughs> he just learns no, it. No. <laughs> I'm hoping... I think this episode is why he's not as bad in the future. Yeah. I mean, he's not... Yeah. It didn't cure him, but it's... He wouldn't do this again the next day. I think he... That's true. Mr. Brown didn't teach him too much, but he learned... He learns through punishment. He doesn't learn through a positive shining example. Yeah. And he learns through his own, like, self-exploration, like, making videos and stuff. Well, and also, he was trying to teach everyone about diversity, because he claimed mm-hmm. he already knew it. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one that needed to learn about diversity, yeah. as yeah. Mr. Brown said. And he's the only one that probably learned anything yeah, from the episode. That's true. So in its way, it, it all came worked full out. Cir- full circle. So what did what did you want to do um, for the rating? Okay, so I wanted to go over the ratings from the time real quick, and okay. then we can talk about whether or not they're on the money or on the something else, and then we'll give our own ratings. So this is a segment called "I Will Not Be the One That Got Away." I just wanted to include this. This episode received a 2.7 out of 6. They also have a scale that goes out of 6. In the <laughs> nice. Nielsen ratings from among people 18 to 49. And it had 6 million viewers. 
Normally, I wouldn't bring that up, except it lost half of its viewing audience from the pilot. People did not like that pilot. Really? Including us. But it got better reviews from the critics than the pilot did. Okay. So, it says, Contrary to the lukewarm response to the pilot, Diversity Day earned positive reviews from television critics. Entertainment Weekly gave the episode positive reviews, stating that, quote, Think of the toss-off racism of the original, plopped into a PC-gone-wrong showcase that might be entitled The Accidental Bigot, as when the African-American diversity trainer introduces himself as Mr. Brown, and Scott assures him, I will not call you that. <laughs> End quotes. Ricky Gervais, who was the lead in the British series, stated that, in comparison to the British version, it is as good. I love the fact that, apart from the first one, the scripts are all original. You've gone back to the blueprint of what the characters are. And you've started from there, as opposed to copying anything. And Rolling Stone magazine named the scene wherein Michael shows The Office his diversity video the third greatest moment from The Office. Oh. The article particularly praised Michael's line, Abraham Lincoln once said, if you are a racist, I will attack you with the North. <laughs> third best moment of The Office, huh? From Rolling Stone magazine. Hmm. I mean... I wonder what the first two are. I don't know. Maybe they'll come up in the time i wouldn't say it's the third best of the whole series no but it's a highlight of this one it's pretty funny and the idea of the video yeah the video is so short so short it's just him walking into a room (laughs) saying that it's diversity tomorrow because today is almost over putting his leg up on the chair which he loves to do and then saying that line and that's it yeah yeah (laughs) but that was the one snarky when jim says is that it? So, well, I only had an hour to put it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was probably my favorite part of the deleted scenes, too, was them filming it. Because they just didn't break character the whole time and then just like went through it. What was it, like four or five times? That was really amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. I recommend watching that because, yeah, Michael's in character, so he's like, stop putting the camera down and like <laughs> things like that. I mean, you could tell that probably Rain Wilson is losing it yeah actually do you think rain wilson was really filming it probably not (laughs) maybe (laughs) they've tricked you maybe they did i don't know they don't show him so so do you think those reviews were right yeah i think i mean except for the i don't know if it was top three moment but i was really happy to hear ricky gervais say that about it i really like that the american version of the office didn't you know copy it episode for episode the british version so i like that he said that there are certain things from the British one that kind of get brought over, like general mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah. Like uh, like someone wanting to leave or something. Yeah. But they get brought over in a really good way where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that would be a good kind of thing to happen. Yeah. And some of them take a long time to happen. Like, yeah. Like the Charles Minor plot basically happens in the second season of The British Office and it takes you know years for it to come in the American one. It's like Ricky Gervais said, there's a blueprint. But they mm-hmm. kind of went back to scratch. and Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. So now's our rating, which we changed again. <laughs> we had one in the intro, one in the pilot. We love changing the name of this one because there's so many good quotes to go with it. We're tweaking it a little bit. So it's a six-point scale, not five-point like last time. Six out of six is pretzel day. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, five out of six is beach day. Four out of six is Alfredo's Pizza Kitchen, not Pizza by Alfredo. Oh, wait. Or did I get them mixed up? Um, not the hot circle of garbage. Right. 
Alfredo's Pizza Kitchen. It is a big quality difference. So yeah, I think it's Alfredo's Pizza Pizza Kitchen. Alfredo's Pizza Kitchen. That's number four. Uh huh. And then number three is a little stitches. And number two is garbage. The cat. Most calls him garbage because he likes to eat garbage. Exactly. And number one is this just stinks. And that's the bottom of the barrel. Scrape, 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 scrape. <laughs> Which probably will never be used. I hope. I hope not. Hope. I don't know. Get those later seasons. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I don't think any of them are that bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never thought of them in this way. Part of the problem with the office is it's like a warm blanket and i don't critically evaluate every single moment of it you're not objective no and that's okay though because you know it can change that's true i remember when people were saying oh man the office sucks now i just wish it had been canceled and i'm like but i still watch it so i still like it better than nothing yeah obviously. exactly obviously i've had other shows that have burned bridges with their life later seasons where yeah I like, yeah i won't name names but there's plenty yeah but the office i didn't feel like that it was got a little wackier characters got a little it was a little quirkier. over the top but yeah but you know it still would never the office. Get, yeah i would never get this just jinx rating although by the time we get to those episodes we'll probably change the rating scale again that's true <laughs> so what do you give this one i would oh it's so hard because i just it was it's just one of the most uncomfortable episodes. Like oh man. I would say probably a little stitious. Yeah. I'm actually gonna have to say a little stitious as well. Like yeah. I mentioned last time, I often skip this one yeah. when I'm going through yeah. because it's so awkward. But it's tough because I really like what they're doing with this and I like yeah. the, the direction. It sets things up, but yeah. I don't need to watch it every day day right and i've watched it a lot recently yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like i need diversity day training now so if we both say a little stitious does that make it superstitious oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure yeah why not <laughs> now we got a new rating <laughs> <laughs> okay well is that it that's it that's all we got no we get all the awards away any closing thoughts feel like we said everything yeah if you haven't already why not find our facebook group called the a5 or should we make an instagram Ooh, i love instagram we'll make an instagram too and maybe a twitter okay <laughs> if you want to <laughs> I don't i've like never twitter. <laughs> been on twitter ever i only go on twitter to read trump's tweets uh, why do i do that i don't know yeah and if you want you can also email us right the a5 podcast at gmail.com did I tell you that we got our first heckler? Yes. It was, was it, my mother. Was your mom? Yeah. So I just want to go back and correct what I said in the intro episode where I said I found the Craigslist ad. It was actually my beautiful mother, Nancy. So how did that go? How did she tell you about it? We were just chatting on Facebook. We always chat on Facebook about Craigslist. She sends me stuff on Craigslist free, like, go get these plants that are free on the side of the road. And I'm like, jump in my car and go grab them. She looks at our Craigslist. Oh, yeah. Fort Collins. Did you look at hers, too? Yeah. we. Okay. Yeah, I Did got you look her, at hers? Yeah, I got her a dog on Craigslist. Okay. We love Craigslist. Cool. I guess. <laughs> it's like a new podcast. <laughs> stuff on Craigslist today. Oh, my God. I would love that. The best stuff on Craigslist and worst stuff on Craigslist. <laughs> 
Almost everything I own is from Craigslist free. That podcast would probably be called Craigslist Encounters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Well, anyway, I want to apologize about that. Um, so now that I've got that off my chest, I feel great. Hi, Addie's mom. Thanks for listening. Because <laughs> you listened, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She said more, more. <laughs> All right, well. Now you have it, Mom. Yeah. All right. Off five tomorrow. Because today is almost over. Nice pregnant pause. <laughs> In the episode, Michael's. In this episode, Michael's. Oh, I gotta. I gotta start skipping the parentheses. In this, Michael. In, in this. In. In. In this episode, Michael's. <laughs> we would not be good actors on The Office. No, we'd be breaking. <laughs>